Hello and welcome to All Your Victory Points Are Belong to Us. I am Taco and join me, my co-host, my brother in arms, Jordan. Hi everyone, I'm Jordan. Thank you for uh, listening in on to our very first new podcast with the rebranding of the new name. Yeah, the old name was confusing. So, it's been a while since we did a podcast and... Kurt from MFGCast was getting on me, so here we are with a new podcast today, and I hope you all enjoy it. To start off with, we're just going to talk about what we've been playing recently. So Jordan, what have you been playing? Well, the one that I enjoyed in particular recently was uh, Francis Drake, Yeah, that was the good. exploration game. It made a lot of sense to me right off the bat. Sometimes games that Sometimes games can be heavy to the point where they don't really make sense to you until you've completely played it through. Francis Drake makes sense right off the bat. You're going to have three voyages, and you get to plan the voyage, and then you get to actually try to execute the voyage. There are voyages of exploration. You gather your supplies. You have an idea what you're going to try to do. And then once you're out there and everybody else is out there exploring against you, you kind of find out how well your plans kind of panned out. What did you think of it? I, I liked it. I, I'll be doing a review on it eventually, but... uh. I found it to be a different type of Euro. It wasn't your standard, regular Euro-type game of just worker placement or just go pick up and deliver type game, but rather it had a nice mix of everything. What I liked in particular was that it had uh, the theme. I say this a lot with games, but I like it when the the theme really fits. It makes perfect sense. We're all familiar with the idea of planning a trip and then executing the trip and hoping that it works out the way you planned. That's all you're doing in the game, is you're just, all right, I'm going to bring a bunch of ammunition, and I guess on this particular voyage, I'm going to be looking to shoot some dudes, because I brought lots of ammunition along. You right. know? And, and the theme makes sense. I'm planning my trip, and now I'm doing my trip, and we're going to have these work out as good as possible. You know, Sometimes games have a certain theme, but then you feel like even though maybe you're playing the part of some Vikings... You're not necessarily, you don't feel like you're playing a Viking game. You feel like you're playing some other game that, that, that doesn't really... Play. Have the theme at all. Right. No, I would I would agree with that. Anything else you've been playing? I believe we posted a video the other day of us playing Garbage Day. Yes, we did. There's actually two videos online about that and also attached to my review of it. I thought Garbage Day was really cute. It was a fun game. It's obviously a, a total lightweight game. It's just kind of a hand-eye coordination game. But uh, it's like, it's a card equivalent of Jenga. Right, and that's why I would say it's it's like Jenga. But you know, for me, you know, I have like my little tremor disorder and everything. But I still really enjoyed it. I was able to have fun with it. And part of it is trying to keep enough trash in your room to where you don't have to move it to the garbage can and knowing when would be a good time to put it on the garbage can. And I think that's kind of what helped me. And it was fun giving some of our friends a huge amount of garbage. I think you were one that got a bunch, and then one of our friends got 17 things of garbage. Ozzy got swamped. Yes. We have a video of him attempting to place all that garbage. Yeah, 17 cards. It was crazy. He almost did it, too. He came really close. Recently, I got to play uh, Star Trek Ascendancy, which is uh, one of the games I picked up at Gen Con. I would describe it as Star Trek in a box. It has the whole feel of the Star Trek universe. It plays kind of like Twilight Imperium a little bit. Does it have the preachiness, and does it have Riker, 
hooking up with all kinds of alien women. I yes, believe there are cards no. for both of those. Okay. Okay. So, in some ways, Riker yes. Riker was, was way worse than Kirk ever was. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. As in terms of the game, I found it fun. The whole the whole map is custom. You're exploring different uncharted sectors, and you can move the map around a little bit and upgrade your ships with different technology. And each race has their, you know, each faction. You had the Federation, Romulan, and Cleon. Each had their own flavor to them, which went with how they are portrayed in the shows. And it worked really well. I mean, the downfall right now is it's only a three-player game. They're coming out with expansions soon, the Cardassians and the Frangi, and that'll be the fourth and fifth expansion. Cardassians. Okay. And uh, what else next? Well, another game we played recently, both of us together, was Colony. Okay. What'd you think of that one? I I like that game also. I I try not to be a shill. I try to be. You know that I try to be hard on games, but lately we've been playing a lot of winners. Yeah. Colony again. It was fun. It was a little bit different. It was not that hard to learn how to play. I felt that uh, it's a it's a good mix of like Dice City or Maki Koro and like Yahtzee almost a little bit or Dominion. Yeah. Yes, it very much had that feel to it. Yeah. And you and felt like you were yeah, you were trying to kind of upgrade your whole operation and you're just trying to produce more better stuff. But uh, it had fun illustrations and yes you had a few cards that uh, could attack other people but obviously we didn't really play it that many times but it was kind of obvious that you're not going to have games that are going to play the same if much like dominion there there were so many different cards that came with that set and we've barely even touched all the different card cards that are available and i like that because you could have it where somebody's played the game 10 times and somebody else has barely played it at all but the mix of cards in front of you is a whole new mix of cards and nobody has a profound advantage you have to figure out how you're going to play with this set of cards right and then the insert was fantastic for it too you know i'm a big sucker for inserts and so i mean you saw it it was really i don't know if you did see it or not but it had it very well organized where each card had had a label on it like where it went and everything fit nicely and it just Made it real easy to set up and put That's together. important, because a game like that, it could get messy with all those different types of cards. Looking at you, Legendary. All right, and then finally, I think one of the... Unless you have other ones, but the other night we played uh, King of New York, the expansion. Yep. I really can't see playing King of New York without the expansion now. Yeah. I thought the original was fine and good and fun. It's, it's a fun, lightweight game. You all just kind of hang out and throw your dice and uh at first i kind of felt like the expansion might be pointless when we were playing but as we started to play and uh i think it played exactly the way the designers hoped it would it gives the monsters each their unique flavor with the evolution cards where they don't have otherwise it's just the look of the monster that's the big difference and it makes it more interesting the only other uh things that i've been kind of playing lately uh have been on my, my tablet i've been playing Ascension Dreamscape, which just came out, the newest expansion, well, one of the newest expansions to Ascension, and I really like, it's a good one. Jordan, you should definitely check it out on your tablet. What I like about Ascension is it works great on the tablet. It's free for the initial part, and then you can pay for whatever expansions you want. But each set feels different, and this one has a very different feel to it that I like. 
and then Neuroshima Hex, which is kind of this grid combat game. And it's kind of hard to explain, but it's very tactical. You're each turn you're putting down one or two tiles, and the tiles will attack different tiles when you play an attack tile, and you're trying to destroy the other person's base, and it's fun. I That's another one I'd recommend, and I haven't really shown you that one yet. No, all. I have not played that one. Okay, so before we move on, if we're just trying to take notes here of these games that we've covered, which ones would you say are kind of the standouts? If someone's listening and they're trying to figure out something that seems like a nice game. I think it really, it's such a wide variety of different games that each of the one, one of the ones that we kind of pointed out each has their own kind of crowd. Like, for that 4X or Twilight Imperium person, Star Trek Ascendancy is great. For that Euro-style Euro, Euro style person, Francis Drake is going to be where it's at. I agree with Francis Drake. You know I'm not a huge fan of Euro-style right. games. Well, I mean, everybody plays them these days. but You don't like points out. Francis Drake is... is it's something, some about it is a little bit different, and I, 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 to me, that's the standout if you're looking for something with a little bit of weight, but not a ton, but uh, definitely has some weight to it. And then to me, Garbage Day was a lot of fun. It's just a silly game that you can play with people of all ages. All right, so now we're going to move on to a game we're going to talk more about that we haven't discussed yet, and that is Arcane Academy by IDW Games. I'm going to refresh my drink right now. I'm, getting a, a, I'm drinking Lube Job. It's a, yeah, I know. So it's a lube job. Yes, it's vodka and um, Irish cream. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's delicious. <laughs> it's, I feel like you're lonely on your side of the table because yeah. I'm just enjoying deliciousness over here. All right, well, I'm going to quickly try and explain Arcane Academy for everyone that's listening. Uh, what you're going to be doing in Arcane Academy is you'll have your tableau of actions, and it's like a 5 by 4 grid of squares. Four by three. That's right, four by three. I am way off, folks. And there's going to be, each spot has the possibility of an action that you can do on your turn. And you start off with an action that will let you use an item or, or or put down a card or create an item. Then there's two spots that will add, where you can add more tiles to it to your board, and then there's also gathering resources. So you basically have a grid of actions that you kind of design for yourself. These are actions that you're going to be able to take. You put little tokens on them to exhaust said actions, but as the game progresses, you have designed in front of you a set of actions, that a, a custom set of actions that you're going to be able to take. And the key part is they're going to be able to chain together. There's look on the tiles. There'll be spots where there's a half circle. If two half circles meet together. They are chained together so that when you take one of the actions, you get to take the other action as long as it hasn't been exhausted. And that's where really trying to find the right tiles and building the combo that way can really help you win a game. And what you're trying to do is complete eight cards, whether it be spells or items and have the most victory points at the end. And that's pretty much Arcane Academy uh, for a quick ex- explanation. Jordan, what did you think of it? I thought it was great. Uh, as 
obviously you were just here, but my wife sat in and played a game, and of course she claimed that she was getting overwhelmed instantly. I don't know what's going on, guys. And then she just started racking up victory points because she's a total hustler. That's how my wife rolls, you know. So uh, I liked... Again, it uh, it's not a super heavyweight game. I'm rarely in favor of extremely heavyweight games. I do enjoy playing them, and it just requires a really dedicated group of friends who are going to get together, and everybody knows how to play. And and a lot of times it doesn't happen. Uh, so this game, you could sit down, and pretty quickly we all started catching on and started finding ways to start scoring it, points. It really will play in under an hour once you know how to play the game. Yes, yes. And it certainly was. There is certainly uh, some excellent strategies to be employed. You know, my wife found this really excellent strategy that started just killing us on points, like pretty early on. And as the game continued, she really continued. To yeah, she got the. She had an item that basically gave her victory points for however many tiles and cards happened to be in the discard piles. Well that happened to work out really well in her favor. Because she found another one that scored her victory points and forces your opponents to, dis- to discard cards. And uh, it was one of those things where you're wondering how much she's pretending she's feigning <laughs> ignorance here because she's, she's saying, well, uh, it looks like I'm going to score some victory points and uh, it looks like you guys have to discard all these cards. And it's like, wait a minute, that's going to get you more points. So you have she, to discard uh, this tile on your board. Mm, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, it, the game has a little bit of take to that, but it's so little that it really won't bother anyone who is against that type of gaming. And I think it plays well with pretty much any age group and any difficulty level. Yes. I, I think, even yes, younger gamers would definitely be able to play. It had fun artwork. Oh, yeah. Um, the artwork was great on it. IDW did a great job with the... the it was very colorful... Very everything was very easy to understand and laid out very well. And I know I've mentioned enough that it, it wasn't too hard to learn to play, but I, I, I have to make sure it's clearly understood. The game wasn't really overly simplistic. It just somehow, you just caught on really quickly. You know, uh, It's simplistic to learn, but there's lots of engine building and strategy that someone who is more yes. h- hardcore into gaming and loves more depth in a game is going to be able to get out of it. I noticed that the rule book was sitting off to the side and we didn't really hardly need to refer to it at all. I think we only had to refer to it that once I mean, that we, one tile came up. We've had games where we're three quarters of the way through the game, our first time playing it through, and we're still grabbing for the book to understand even basic things. Like, oh guys, you, you only get to place workers once and then they get discarded. Oh... Oh no, that means we've been playing completely wrong the whole time, you know, and you're staring at the rule book trying to understand what how this game really works and you've been playing it wrong. Well, that that didn't didn't happen here at all. So. Yeah, and this game was designed by uh, Eric Lane and Kevin Wilson who are two really huge designers and you could tell that they put a lot of thought into it and really balanced the game and for being such a simple game, there's a lot to it. So, are we going to give it a number score? I think we're just gonna do thumbs up, thumbs down, like two okay. thumbs up. Okay. Okay. So Jordan, what are you thinking? Thumbs up. It's a Come, thumbs up. Double thumbs up. Wait, we get multiple thumbs. Oh yeah. Two. Mm. I feel like I have unless, to withhold double thumbs from unless it's really good. So I'm giving one thumbs up. Wow. I. I'm going two thumbs up. 
good. If you weren't going to go both thumbs, I was going to. It deserves at least three thumbs, three <laughs> thumbs out of four. So it's pretty good. We both really enjoyed it, and that's the big thing. All right. All right. So now we're just going to each episode we're going to talk about a list of five things whether it be a top five list or just five different games and this week we're actually just going to talk about five games we each want to want to play there's no specific order or anything so these are going to tend to be newer games or if they aren't newer games or games that we haven't played yet but typically games that maybe are uh, maybe other people are kind of curious about too jordan you want to give your first one all right, I'm slightly cheating here, but the first one I'm going to list is Time Stories. All right. It's slightly cheating because we did play one round of Time Stories, but... Uh, yeah, we've played one round of the first story, and we, can't give any, we won't give any spoilers, but I think we both enjoyed it. We did, although I have some caveats. Yeah. Okay, first off, fiscally speaking, Time Stories, to me, seems problematic because the game, the core game includes one scenario so i don't know how long it's going to take us to play through it but it seems like if we had good luck we could crack it on the the second try you know we lost the first one but no that's you're shaking your head that's impossible well i'm not saying it's impossible but from what i've just been kind of talking to others who have went through it with our kind of skill level and everything or even just in general okay and the average is around four to six at least Okay. So. Well, that somewhat assuages my concerns, I suppose. So, because uh, I was a little concerned, it seemed like it, the game is kind of a, a like a money pit, you know, where you'd have right. to just keep buying expansions. They have lots of neat expansions. And Taco bought the game and bought a few expansions for me as a gift. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate that. So we are looking forward to playing that some more. So so far seems pretty good, promising, but. Uh, We'll see. The first game I'm going to talk about is actually one that just recently was announced and really made a lot of waves in the community, and that is Mechs versus Minions. And this is by Riot Games. And if you don't know who Riot Games is, because they've never produced a board game before, they are the creators of League of Legends, which is a huge PC game that millions of people play and there's esports about it, and me and Jordan were both addicted to it for a while. Mm-hmm. And so they released to some of the press that copies of it, and it looks gorgeous. It's got tons of minis, and it's a cooperative game where you're going to be each turn you're going to be taking card a card and adding it to your action pile or action table and. It's like kind of like you're programming what your your guy's going to do. And then there's a bunch of different missions. It's a campaign game, and there's a bunch of missions in it. And it's kind of legacy style, except you can go back and play any of the missions you want. And apparently they're all very fun, even multiple times. It looked like a lot of fun. I watched the little intro video, and uh, you get to... You get the cards, you get to customize your mech, and yeah. who doesn't like the idea of customizing your mech? And it, I, they're going to be selling it on their own site October 13th for 75 bucks, which is really a great price for all you're getting. And that's because they're able to do 
they have their own distribution channel and everything like that. Yes, if you watch the same video I watch, the guy kind of raves about the price, which seems a little weird. To the uninitiated, $75 seems like a lot of money. And the guy kind of geeks out about the fact that, you know, you get this fantastic component quality for $75. But he really does have a point. From what I saw, they have some really excellent quality pieces. And they're protected in great inserts, too. I think uh, I heard something that maybe Game Trays was actually the one that designed the trays for it. And so they really took their time to make the game, to make sure it's stored nicely. And part of me thinks that the price is a little bit low because it's like how League of Legends was where it's free to play, but then eventually they're going to hit expansions and all other nice little stuff and they'll get you money-wise on that maybe. I think it's kind of funny too because this is kind of the second game that we've seen that, that seems like it's kind of trying to cash in on the popularity of League of Legends. Um, I mean, we had Rum and Bones, which... Is not the same game by any means, but it's certainly the mobile style trying to take people who are fans of this and get you interested in that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that at all. If anything, that's good marketing. The game looks like a fun game, and, so I'm and this game is not anything like Roman Bones. No, it isn't. It's not. It's not like League of Legends. It's just taking place in that same universe, and it has its own mechanics and it looks really interesting. I'm just. I'm really excited about it as a League of Legends fan. As a person who loves board games, I think both ways it's going to be awesome. Jordan? Okay. So the game that I'm curious about okay. is Fury of Dracula. Ah. Yes. The I thir- want to play The this. third edition. The third edition, that's correct. Although I haven't played... I've got some, I've got some bad two. news for you, Jordan. Oh, no. What? Fantasy Flight or Asmodee Fantasy Flight. <sighs> okay. Is no longer partnering with Games Workshop, who has the license to Fury of Dracula. So if you want to play Fury of Jack, if you want to own Fury of Dracula, now's the time to get because they're not going to be printing anymore. Hmm. It seems like an opportunity. That you know, maybe maybe ten years from now, people are like, "I wish I had a copy of Fury of Dracula." And And actually. On the second-hand market, they're already starting to go up really high in price. Okay. I did not know that. Thank you. So, uh, the game is for two to five players. It takes at least two hours to play, as I understand it, because I have, I have not played it. Um, and it's a little... It, it's not a heavyweight game, but it's, um, it's not light either. Uh, so, I'll read the little description here. Um... Rounds are broken into day and night. The hunters take action during day and night, but Dracula, Dracula is only active at night. There's, uh, there's combat. Um, Dracula can mislead hunters and uh, increases his influence. Um, I'm kind of surprised you're interested in this game because why? you're not usually a big vampire person. Everyone's a vampire person deep down <laughs> inside. I mean, come on. I mean, plus... I mean, I have heard good things about it. So, I mean, Circle of the Night, you know, yeah. uh, you know, you have Alucard. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like everybody kind of fair enough. Fair enough. If it's cool, if you can take vampires and have them be cool, tough guys, not like shiny, Glitter. wimpy, glittering man boys. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so, uh, all right. Okay. So my next one is one that we've actually been talking about as a group, kind of 
getting our plan together for it because it's a legacy style game and that is Seafall and it's it's more on the Euro side and been, from what I've heard so far with different people's impressions of it they've said it's kind of the time in between turns is kind of long but that's just more time to freshen up my drink that's yeah, all yeah. and but Rob Divo, I'm sorry I'm butchering your name, but he he's created a ton of games that we like. I mean, he's created Epic Duels. He designed uh, Risk 2210 and Pandemic Legacy. He was part of Pandemic Legacy. And it's He has done all of his games. I've never had a game of his that I haven't disliked. So okay. I've been really excited about this game for a while and looking forward to my pre-order coming. So plaid hat, come on, get on the ball. I want my pre order. Okay. Okay. So our top five list is actually kind of quietly it's a it's a top ten list because well, we're not top five It's five each for each of us. Five each. Okay. Alright. Alright. So my next one is Robinson Crusoe. Alright. Do you have any any revelations you have to uncover where like Ugh. There's there's a new edition coming that out game very... got cancelled like a hundred times. Like no. no chance of ever playing that. No, no, no. It uh actually Portal got the rights back and they're releasing it at Essen this year with rules that supposedly everyone will be able to understand because that was the big thing with the original edition okay. was the rule book was horrible and it made trying to learn to play the game really hard. Okay. I actually tried playing it. We actually tried playing it. I don't think you were there that day, but we tried playing it and it was rough. Okay. <laughs> so I'll be curious to see how much the rule rules changed to make it where it might be interesting to me. Okay, so let me just quickly explain. Robinson Crusoe is a game for uh, one to four players. It takes about two hours to play. It's a medium weight game as far as uh, complexity. It's meant for ages 14 and up. And it's a cooperative game. I'm a little bit of a sucker for those, you know. Uh, well, because that means if maybe I've had one too many lube jobs, then the rest of the teammates can kind of, you know, pick up the slap, slack. Yeah, you know, so, okay, so uh, you play the part of survivors confronted by the task of trying to survive in a wilderness. You're marooned on an island, so you have to try to build shelter, find food, fight wild animals, build walls around your home, and build a small community where you can survive. And from what I understand, there's different storyline scenarios that you can play each time that kind of change up the rules a little bit. So, I mean, I, I'm willing to give it another go if the rules are that much better and I can actually understand what I'm doing. The next one I'm going to talk about is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shadows of the Past. This is by IDW. It was, a, it was on Kickstarter earlier in the year and supposedly it'll get... It'll get fulfilled by the end of the year, and it's it's kind of like a Descent or uh, Imperial Assault campaign game, except you're you and the rest of the players are all playing together, and and the game plays the villain. And so I'm a big fan of the old school Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and the art for it was done by Kevin Eastman, who did 
all the original art for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And so right from that, I'm excited about it. It's got tons of characters. I'm a sucker for good miniatures, and it really seems like it's going to be a good game. It's another game designed by Kevin Wilson, who did design Descent, which is another good campaign game. So I have, I have strong hopes for it, and I'm really looking forward to playing it. The other one I'm interested in playing is Through the Ages. Okay, again, okay. Any, any, anything you, you, that's going to ruin no, my day or anything no. you're going to... Okay, okay. Through the Ages is uh, kind of highly anticipated. It's pretty highly rated. It's been out for... Actually, the, there's a new edition that came out last year or early this year? Last year. Through the Ages, a new story of civilization. So uh, this isn't brand spanking new. I mean, it's new, but it's new to us. It was had, it had was a game that was high on the BGG rankings beforehand, yes. Yes. and now they kind of streamlined the rules and improved upon it, and now it's even better. And I have high hopes because it's a very heavyweight game. It's for two to four players. It's supposed to take three to four hours to play. So I, I have no problems with games like that, but... You know, it has to be good to make it worthwhile. If you're going to have this game that, well, let's face it, a game that's supposed to take three to four hours, if you factor in, you know, waiting for that last guy to show up and you factor in people getting hungry and needing to eat, a three to four hour game ends up being five to six hours really quickly and that pretty much wipes out your whole day. People don't tend to have that kind of time, you know. So it's a it's a pretty heavyweight game. Um and the thing is, though, that people are really liking it, so I'm very interested. It seems like, at its core, it's kind of a civilization-building game, and it's kind of a card-drafting game. That's the, its main mechanic. Yeah. And, um, so I'm, I'm very interested. I don't know a whole lot about it, but that's... I've actually been thinking about picking that one up, so I might end up... Okay. Unless you want to. <laughs> I might have to buy a game, yeah. I suppose. Kind of contributes something. So my next game is actually one I just picked up recently, and that is Star Wars Rebellion. And what how I've been described about this game is it is Star Wars, the original trilogy, in a box. One person plays the light side, the other person plays the dark side, or... One pl- side plays the Empire, the other side plays the Rebellion. It's pretty good sales pitch so far to take the most popular trilogy possibly of all time and say it's that in a box. Mm, sounds pretty good. Well, it it comes with you know a ton of like little miniatures. They're not like cool mini or not quality or anything like that. It's like you're kind of like risk quality type miniatures, but it's that Galaxy at War PC type level. But also, like, the the Empire is trying to find the Rebel base. And the Rebels are trying to disrupt the Empire. And you can can build Death Stars. You can build Imperial Star Destroyers. Flirting with your sister until you discover she's not your sister. And then... You still kiss her. And then it's... (laughs) It's really awkward. But actually, I was... I was uh, kind of organizing the whole thing earlier, and uh, they have a lot of the a lot of the other characters that are not well known. They had all the different generals and some of the different pilots that might be famous in in X-wing, but that a lot of others might not know. And 
it's another one that the rule book looks pretty intimidating, but I'm, I'm excited to try it out. And it's a good three to four hour game. And it's a two player game. It can be played with more, but it's kind of one of those ones that it's like you're sharing the responsibility of what one player can do. So what's your final one, Jordan? In case you missed it, because you can't see the looks on people's faces, I decided to refresh my drink, and Taco shot me a look that was, what are you doing, dude? Hey, I drink. It's what I do, okay? So I'm re-upped. Good to continue. All right, so for my last game that I'm anticipating, what I would like to play is I would like to play Arcadia Quest Inferno. Can you guess why I want to play Arcadia Quest Inferno Taco? Uh, maybe because you like Arcadia Quest? That is correct. I really just want to play Arcadia Quest. I just really wish we could just get back to like playing some games, a good game, and repeatedly. So Arcadia Quest Inferno, as I uh, understand it, Arcadia Quest Inferno is going to have new quests... Not that we really ran through... Yeah, it's a whole new campaign. It's a whole new campaign, and are there new characters? Oh, yeah. It's all yeah. new. It's a new standalone. More quests, new characters, great. Although we really hadn't, by any means, barely scratched the surface on the original Arcadia Quest, I, I think we all kind of assumed that they were just going to come out with more stuff, and they did. Yeah, and I have that on Kickstarter. I have that with... And it's got Arcadia Quest pets with it, which is... Adds like a Pokemon element to it, oh and lots okay. lots of extras coming with. And I'm yeah I'm okay. Okay. Does that mean I'm going to be walking through like uh, walking through the park with my smartphone trying no. to uh, track down Arcadia Quest pets? No, not okay. nothing like that. Okay. All right. So my last one is one I'll probably never get to play, but I would really and if I did, probably would have to be at a convention. And it's Mega Civilization. Not to be confused with regular Civilization. Right. This is Mega. Oh, it plays a really... I'm trying to remember the exact player count, but I think it's around 17 to 20. Wait, what? Yeah. How, how is that going to work? I see what you mean. No, it, it, it's giant. It's a game that takes all day. I see. It's, a, it's, a, it's almost a 24-hour... Board game. I mean, if you were to look it up on the Geek, you'd be amazed. And okay. We'll have to contact all of our millennial friends who have no jobs because uh, I don't feel like any of my normal friends will be able to have time for this. I don't see any of us really having the time to play other than if we did special at a convention. I could have a huge fight with my wife and then she just gets sick of me and like leaves the house for like a day. And then, <laughs> then, then we have a place. And then, then we I have, have a place. Time. Yeah, yeah, so... There's a start. All right. Well, there you have it. There's there's our games that we're interested in playing soon. In the comments, uh, wherever you find this, feel free to uh, let us know what you think. What what games would you like to play? Before we leave, we're just going to talk about other things going on in the world today. You know, just other pop culture things, whatever we wanted to talk about. And for me, I just wanted to quickly bring up, it's you know, the fall season, and now all the new television shows are coming on, and which means... New comic book series, you know, Gotham just started, and mm. Arrow and Flash, and all of them are going to be starting, and Shield, and then we're seeing all these new pics of the Justice League movie, and not looking forward to the Justice League movie. As much of a DC fan as I am, after Batman vs Superman, and then seeing the pictures for 
Justice League. I just, I don't know. Okay, but DC hasn't really set the bar that high. So the key, I believe, going into watching uh, Batman vs. Superman, Suicide Squad, or the upcoming Justice League movie, I think the key is to really go in with very low expectations. And if you do that then you're not going to be that unhappy. I enjoyed Batman vs. Superman and Suicide Squad, mainly because I expected absolutely nothing from them. I I mean, I enjoyed it. It was entertaining. I haven't seen Suicide Squad yet, but... I'm surprised. Yeah, I just haven't got around to it. But uh, Batman vs. Superman was entertaining. Marvel just set up their story better, and... What I like about DC is they've done a great job with these television television shows. Yeah. And either stick to that, or they should take in that and use that in the movies. <laughs> or their animated movies are seriously like so right. good that I could go back and watch them multiple oh, times. Yeah. They're oh, absolutely yeah. killing it. When, if you're on Netflix and you're like, I don't know what to watch. Ooh, I guess I'll watch this Superman... Batman. Animated, like, yeah. Batman. yeah they, they really have awesome animated movies it just seems like uh they lost their patience they really wanted to build a, a an avengers style team-up movie except the problem is that every time they tried to do that they'd have a movie like green lantern that sucked and they're like well we can't use green lantern in our upcoming movie screw it let's just do the team-up movie and skip all the build-up let's just go straight to it right and uh, here's my thing it seems like even with even with the Marvel movies, they tend to like say, okay, we're going to use this storyline, but then we're going to inc- incorporate various different storylines from different books. You've got all these different story arcs in comic books. Just stick to the story that was good yes. in the comic. Yeah. Why, why, why rework the wheel? Oh, the person might not be as surprised in the movie because they've read the comic books. So what? That person who read the comic book and then went to see the movie probably really enjoyed the comic book story and is looking forward to this scene on the big screen. Absolutely. Comic book fans are fairly fickle, but rarely do they complain about uh, source material when, you know, if the movie stuck too closely to the source material, you don't hear that complaint too often. Well, that was too much like the comic book. That's like the one complaint that you don't hear that often. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard someone say it was too mu- too close to the comic book. Yes. So, I was, uh, well, I didn't have anything nearly as cool as what you had. To, I, I was on uh, Board Game Geek. Yeah. And one of the top games, they have the list of hot games, was Crokino. Yes. Have you ever played Crokino? I've seen it. I want to play it. I want to own a Crokino board to play. Why? Okay, I grew up. I grew up with a Crokino. Uh, I don't know if it's a board or what you want to call it, but I, we had that in our household growing up. Okay, it was a game that nobody ever heard of. It's kind of like one of those things where all of your friends have cool games to play, and then you have like, I have this game called Crokino. Okay, so we'd have this Crokino board, which you you just flick around these little. I don't know how to describe it. It's like it's sh- it's shuffleboard or curling. Shuffleboard curling. on a tabletop. It's like it's almost a little bit like pool. There's pockets. You're trying to ricochet like uh, your little. See, and I think you're. Pieces. I think you're mistaken, Crokinole, then, because there's only really one hole in the middle, and then there's like there's like a pit around the edge. Oh my gosh! You're like destroying my childhood because. We called it Crokinole, but there is a hole at each corner of the table. 
There's four corners, and there's a pocket in each Crokinole corner. is round. Oh, you're blowing my mind. Yeah. What is that doing on Board Game Geek? I, I just I don't understand. It's a dexterity game. <sighs> and it's it's quite popular. I mean, you if you go to conventions, there's always some type of Crokinole tournament going on. And there's people who plunk down hundreds of hundreds of dollars on a good crunk, like tournament style. Okay, I I don't even. Okay, regardless, I I don't know. Like, is there going to be some kind of big resurgence of uh, playing marbles or? or I mean, you never. I, I, but I think it's those people that you know liked those classic type games that enjoy this. I mean, it's it's a way of being competitive, and it's a dexterity game. It's it's fun. It's something that all ages can play. I feel like The Simpsons did this when when Bart and Milhouse had that uh, the ball on a string game. <laughs> this is so much fun, Bart, that he has this the the paddle where he hits the ball and then okay. a little rubber band on it. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's a little disappointing, I guess. I'm, I don't feel like it belongs on BoardGameGeek.com. That's all I'm saying. Well, I disagree with you on that one. All right. Whatever. I mean, there's some people that say pinball is a board game. Well, I guess that's why we're trying to run with tabletop games. So, anyways, well, I suppose yep. we should wrap this up. Hey? Yep. Thank you, everyone, for uh, listening. If you want to read reviews from me or Jordan, you can read them at www.so1ks.com. Uh, you can follow us at SO1KS on Twitter. And thank you for listening. We'd love to hear feedback from any of you any, in the comments. Uh, hey, if we get enough mail, we could do, like, listener mail. Yeah. You know, like a real podcast. Yeah, I mean, if people have questions, we would be happy to answer them on the next podcast. And so from Jordan and myself, thank you from all your VP or belong to us. Legends of Tabletop Podcast, creating legends one die at a time.